Chapters twenty two through twenty four of the Tale of Master Meadowmouse. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Tale of Master Meadowmouse by Arthur Scott Bailey. Chapter twenty two Fishing for Mice. Master Meadowmouse peeped out of the end of his tunnel and gave a faint squeak. As he watched, he saw Peter Mink's head, on its long neck, flash out from beneath the overhanging bank of the brook. "'What are you doing up there?' Master Meadowmouse called. "'Fishing,' said Peter Mink promptly. "'Aren't you a long way from the water?' Master Meadowmouse inquired. "'With a pole, one doesn't need to stand right at the water's edge,' said Peter Mink. "'But you haven't a pole,' Master Meadowmouse pointed out. "'At least, I can't see that you have one.' Peter was greatly surprised, or seemed to be. "'I declare,' he said, "'I forgot to bring my pole with me. "'And if you hadn't reminded me of it, "'I shouldn't have known what was the trouble. "'I was wondering why I didn't get any bites.' As he spoke, he slid down the lower part of the bank, and stretched himself like a cat. But all the time he was looking at Master Meadowmouse out of the corner of his eye. "'What are you doing here?' Peter Mink asked pleasantly. "'I came to take a swim,' Master Meadowmouse explained. "'Have you had it?' "'Not yet,' Master Meadowmouse told him. "'And I believe I'll wait till to-morrow.' "'The water's fine to-day,' said Peter Mink. "'I've been in and out of it forty times.' But Master Meadowmouse wasn't to be persuaded so easily. "'I might spoil your fishing if I went in now,' he remarked. "'I don't care if you do,' said Peter Mink. "'The pleasure of seeing you enjoy a swim would more than repay me for the loss of the biggest fish in this brook.' Now such speeches sounded very strange, coming from the mouth of a surly rascal like Peter Mink, who was never known to do anybody a good turn. Master Meadowmouse pondered over his last statement. There seemed to be a catch in it somewhere, and he decided finally that he had discovered it. "'I didn't know there were any fish in this brook worth catching,' he piped. "'They say there were trout here once, but now there's nothing bigger than a minnow.' Peter Mink nodded. "'That's the truth,' he said. "'If this brook has a fish that's as meaty as you are, I've never seen him.' "'Ah!' cried Master Meadowmouse. "'You'd far rather catch me than catch a fish in this pool.' Peter Mink grinned at him brazenly. "'I won't deny it,' he replied." "'But you've tried to deceive me,' Master Meadowmouse told him. "'You said, when I asked you what you were doing here, you said that you were fishing.' "'So I was,' Peter Mink exclaimed with a horrid chuckle. "'I was fishing for mice, and if you'd been a little less careful, I'd have caught one, too.' "'Good day,' said Master Meadowmouse. "'Good day and good-bye.' "'Don't say good-bye,' Peter Mink corrected." "'Say, till we meet again.' But Master Meadowmouse had already pulled his head out of sight, and vanished inside his tunnel. CHAPTER Twenty Three, MOVING DAY Master Meadowmouse had a great-uncle who was known as Uncle Billy. He was the oldest of all the members of the Meadowmouse family that lived under the snow near the brook. Hobbling along through one of the tunnels beneath the seven crusts of snow, he happened to meet Master Meadowmouse as he was returning from his talk with Peter Mink. "'I just saw Peter Mink at the brook,' 
Master Meadow Mouse called. Ha! Uncle Billy snorted. The question is, did he see you? He did, Master Meadow Mouse answered with no little pride, for he felt quite important. He not only saw me, he talked with me. Ha! Uncle Billy snorted again. Then this is moving day. Why, it's not the first of May, is it? Master Meadow Mouse cried. Hardly, said Uncle Billy, with something like a sniff. It's not Groundhog Day yet, and that's only the second of February. Then why should anybody move, right in the middle of winter? Master Meadow Mouse wanted to know. Because, Uncle Billy declared hotly, because somebody has gone and let Peter Mink know where we're spending the winter, and it's not safe for us to stay here any longer. Master Meadow Mouse couldn't help feeling guilty. Still, he hoped he hadn't made as great a mistake as Uncle Billy would have him believe. "'I've heard,' he ventured, "'that Peter Mink can squeeze through any hole that's big enough for his head. But surely he couldn't get even his flat head into one of our passages.' "'He can burrow in the snow,' Uncle Billy snapped. "'He can, and he will. He'll come sniffing and listening all around here. And when he finds a likely spot to dig—' Down he'll go through drifts and crust until he reaches the stubble. Uncle Billy shook his head and drew a long breath. Young man, he said, you've got us into a peck of trouble. This whole village has to move. Don't let it happen again. By that time, others of the villagers had gathered round and heard the news. Of course, the news spread fast, and in a surprisingly short while, the Meadow Mouse family was on its way to the mill pond. Everybody set to work. Everybody except Uncle Billy Meadow Mouse. He was busy telling all the rest what to do, though he didn't help half as much as he thought he did. But everyone was polite to him, for he was the oldest Meadow Mouse on the farm. It wasn't long before they had everything snug again, and as for Master Meadow Mouse, he was actually glad that he had made the whole village move, for Patty Muskrat lived in the mill-pond. He spent all his time there, when he wasn't taking excursions up the brook, and Master Meadow Mouse found him the best of company. Especially did Master Meadow Mouse like to hear Paddy Muskrat slap his tail upon the water, when he gave the danger signal. CHAPTER Twenty Four, MASTER OR MISTER Living as he did near the mill-pond, Master Meadow Mouse saw a great deal of Paddy Muskrat. They had a number of tastes in common. They both liked lily-bulbs. They both enjoyed swimming. They both disliked Peter Mink. They were bound to become great cronies, if for no other reason than the last. By spring, Paddy Muskrat knew Master Meadow Mouse well enough to ask him a very intimate question. "'Why does everybody call you Master?' he inquired one day. Master Meadow Mouse looked at him in a puzzled fashion for a moment or two. "'I don't know,' he answered. I don't know why, unless it's because they always have called me that. Don't you think it's a good name? He asked Patty Muskrat a bit anxiously. Oh, yes, Patty assured him. There's no doubt that it's a good enough name, but it's one that's given to a youngster, to a mere child. I'm not a youngster, Master Meadow Mouse cried. Nobody can call me young. I'm almost a year old. I thought so, said Patty Muskrat as if he knew he couldn't have been mistaken. You're grown up, and yet they still call you Master Meadow Mouse. 
"'If I were you, I'd get folks to change that.' It was plain that Master Meadow Mouse agreed with him in every way. He had already made up his mind that he wouldn't answer to the name of Master Meadow Mouse any longer, and he told Paddy Muskrat as much. "'If they want me to answer after this, they'll have to call me something else,' he declared. "'Now, what would you suggest?' Paddy Muskrat said he needed time to think the matter over, and he thought that he'd like to consult his wife, who always had an opinion. "'Wait here till I come back,' he told Master Metamouse, and diving into the water, he swam home. He was back in a few minutes, with a broad smile upon his face. "'I've thought of the very thing,' he exclaimed, "'or at least my wife has. She says, call him Mr., of course.' "'That's fine!' cried Master Metamouse. "'I'm sure I couldn't have thought of that if I tried all summer. "'And now,' he added, "'I must go and tell everybody about this sudden change.' So he hurried home, and calling everybody around him, he explained that he was a year old, and that he had successfully dodged Miss Kitty Cat, Tommy Fox, Solomon Owl, Ferdinand Frog, Peter Mink, old Mr. Crow, and goodness only knew how many other dangerous folk. "'I'm grown up now,' he told his hearers. "'From this time on I expect everybody to call me Mr. Meadowmouse.' And everybody said that a new name was no more than he deserved. They all approved his choice. No, there was just one among all that company who opposed to the change. He snorted and started to say something disagreeable. And for once, everybody told Uncle Billy, for it was he, to be quiet. And that was the end of Master Metamouse. The End End of chapters 22 through 24 End of the Tale of Master Metamouse by Arthur Scott Bailey